0: Yo, another episode yes sir play the intro
1: what's up man how's it going it's going better than it has been the last (laughs) couple days i've been sick that shit. boy
0: been sick. Damn. Yeah, man.
1: This should be called uh episode sick.
0: Ah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting cancelled off of bad jokes. <laughs> no, but you're feeling better now, right? Yeah, finally.
1: I'm glad, bro. I'm glad. I think in the next couple days I'll probably be back at 100.
0: Hell yeah. It always sucks when you get sick, especially if like it comes out of the blue. Yeah, man. Sometimes you'll just go out when it's hella cold and you can already feel like, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be going to be all right. kinds of messed up. But when it just... I'm going to be screwed up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just feel it. How have you been though, man? Been good, bro. Been good. Haven't been sick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sick in the mind, but I guess that's all. <laughs> no, but been good. Been good, luckily. You do have some good news. Uh, Yeah. That... We shared it on socials, but I want you to bring it up on the podcast because you got a placement, my guy. Oh, man. Yeah. I
1: forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah bro. I got a placement with uh, Mr. Fab and Rick Ross. Hell yeah. Mad congrats yeah, to you, my bro. Thank you, bro. It's about time. I'm glad that I finally <laughs> got a placement after all these years of producing. It's, t-
0: it's taken me 15 years, but I finally got here. Damn, bro. I mean, some people take longer than that. Some people get luckier early on, but yeah, I guess in the end, it really comes down to what your goals are. Yeah, true. Did you expect to get a placement out, out of all of the artists that that would be one of your first ones?
1: No, I really didn't. But that's that's really dope to have like that level of a placement That's my first major placement.
0: The track is really dope. Uh, it does. Oh like man, it's, it's it's amazing. I love that beat too. Yeah, the beat very It definitely is. AU and pain beat like, it, like yeah. it. just has that type of sonority. <laughs> totally. No, but the track came out amazing. Uh, I definitely didn't see it coming. Yeah, me neither. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's dope. That's dope. And I wanted to give you the congrats. Thanks, bro. And yeah, everyone, if you still haven't, go go check that track out.
1: And you know what's crazy about that track is that me and pain made that beat in like 2016.
0: Damn, so it was like six years it's ago. super, super old beat. Damn.
1: Yeah.
0: And do you know how the whole placement came came to be? Like, did they buy your, beats, your beat on?
1: Uh, I think, actually, Payne Pain knows uh, Mr. Fab, from what I understand. Like, they have a, a relationship that goes back many, many years. So I think he uh, probably sent the beat out in like a beat pack or something to him. And that's how he got a hold of the, the
0: beat. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Yeah. It's always really dope when you hear these stories about people getting placements with beats that are really old. Like they've had it in in the folders for ages and they get picked up. Right. (laughs) I feel like that in part is why a lot of producers still keep like a lot of their older beats on their catalog because they never know Mm -hmm. if they're just going to be picked up eventually.
1: Yeah, that's, that's usually how it works. It's like people get on old beats that's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah, bro. I mean... It was a really cool news.
1: Yeah, and I completely forgot about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you was like, "Hey, we got good news." Like, what? Huh? I do I mean I don't have good news. Like I haven't gotten to any. Place. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's always it's always dope to see to see the homies win. You have definitely been having having it coming. Proud of you, my guy. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Just so wanted to share it and bring it up on the podcast for anyone who didn't know. Now you know. now you know mr fab and rick ross go check out the track produced by the rail banks and dj pain one and show love go on social media and show love yes please do it yeah bro that's that's a good way of starting a podcast yeah it is hyped up what we got today oh a great topic we're going technical today
1: yeah super technical super and the funny part is it's not that technical for me. <laughs> and and the even better part is, I don't know squat about this. <laughs> nah, I think you know more
0: than you're letting on. Maybe, maybe. We're talking about, it's probably on the title, we're probably talking about arranging, mixing, and mastering. The technical part of making a song or a beat. Normally. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Where to begin? It's been a really different process for me over the years. I feel like it's been super complex, then super simple, then complex, then simple again. Like It goes kind of back and forth <laughs> with me. <laughs> At least when it comes to to mixing. Yeah. I don't know how it is with you. I know you've always <clears throat> kept it kind of simple.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first got into learning about mixing and mastering, uh, that was like the time where I kind of went the most crazy because I was just following too many people's advice. So I yeah. thought you had to do a whole lot and you got to add 10b in plugins and 10b <laughs> compressors and eqs and all this surgical stuff like yeah. now but once I got past that point now I just keep it super simple
0: yeah yeah I was the exact same there's so many tutorials there's so di- many different ways of do- of going about mixing whatever it is you're mixing that as, a, as someone who's starting or trying to get better at it you just get lost and, and do it all at once yeah you do too much like less less is more you gotta do these types of compression. You just throw thirty compressors on the same on the same track out. I guess I guess it makes sense to just start with with the arrangement of a beat, right? Or maybe the mixing. I don't know. What 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 do you do first when creating a beat? Because it has been different for me. Than it is now. Well, first I arrange,
1: get the beat together, arrange, then I mix, then master. That's my process. Like I know some people like mix as they go along or. Some people even put like a mastering plug in while they're making the beat and stuff like that. But yeah, that's usually my process.
0: When you go to mixing though, so you'll construct a full beat. Yeah. And then you mix. Yep. The usual advice, everyone, or the most common advice that you'll hear is to mix at the part where it's the busiest. Mm-hmm. So is that what you do? You just go to the busiest part? Yeah. Of
1: it? Yeah. After I'm done arranging, then I'll go to like
0: the uh, the hook part and then. Uh, mix that this is assuming that the hook part will be the busiest because a lot of times the hooks will be very simple in comparison to the actual beat let's say the hook won't have drums for some reason like you're going that route
1: okay well yeah well i'm saying but like 90 percent of the time for me the hook is always the busiest part i mean with the exception of a few different beats where it might not be but yeah wherever the busiest part is yeah that's what i mix
0: but see that's that's exactly how my process was and I don't remember when it changed or why it changed. Nowadays, I'll mix first and then I'll actually arrange the beat. So what I do is I'll basically have all of the track outs put together mm-hmm. and I'll mix off of that. Even if even if there there's never going to be a point in the beat where they're all going to be together, which most of the times they won't. So let's say I have 20 track outs. There'll probably be one section of the song that'll have like Ten to fifteen of them, but I'll still mix them all together, and then throughout the beat, once that's mixed and throughout the beat as I arrange it, then I'll I might give a couple of adjustments on specific trackouts or maybe automations so because it, it, it eases in the process. Because to me, mixing is so boring. <laughs> I just I just hate it. I,
1: I, why, I hate why do you find it, why do you find it boring? Like what what is boring to it? Because it's not creating anything?
0: Not, not necessarily. Maybe boring is not the word. Because there are parts where like, going into mixing with automation and stuff can get very creative and very exciting. But I, I don't like mixing. I don't know if it's because I feel like I never get my mixes just to the point of where I want them to be. Because uh-huh. even if I feel like a mix is great, I always second-guess my mixes. I always like listen to them, either on day while I'm making the beat or weeks later, and I never really enjoy my mixes as I probably enjoy yours uh, or other producers that I listen to. Right, and so to me it becomes sort of this task because I'll I'll run into so many blocks at certain points, like the kick isn't hitting for some reason, and I've done what i should and. And then I have to like maybe change the kick or, or whatever it is. And so it, it sort of creates this block into the whole process of making the beat. And that's why I just, I make the beat, all of the creative part of it. I mix it before arranging it because it's like a pause on the creative end of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get back into arranging the beat. Because like I mentioned before, I really enjoy arranging beats because it's where I can get into the details of a track and I really enjoy getting into the details of the track because I don't want like the first 16 bars to sound the exact same as the second 16 bars sometimes there's this little chop in the drums that'll just make a difference yeah that's true it just brings the beat in I can tell by
1: listening to your beats like you're an uh, arrangement freak yeah (laughs) in a good way like you really go into the details of making sure that stuff is different and flows in a really cool way. Like you do some really cool stuff with your like arrangements.
0: I don't know why that is though. I don't know if it's because I've always been like that. Even when we, even when I started making beats, I think the first time I, I ever started going so much into detail with the arrangement, which was actually with our first collab of a beat called Crisis.
1: Wow, you still remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful?
0: <laughs> no, but... It was
1: I, our first time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I really got into detail with it. And I and I think that at that time, I went into detail with that arrangement specifically because it was my first collab. I I was excited about it being my first collab. I was excited about the beat. The beat sounded great. And I wanted to like give it my all and, and not feel like you were... Collaborating with some dude who didn't know squat of what he was doing, I guess. (laughs) So it was kind of a challenge to me. And I started integrating that into my discipline. So every time I make a beat, even if the beat is super simple, I try to go into the details of it just to spice it up a bit.
1: Yeah, that's that's dope that our collab led to that process of you getting into that.
0: Yeah, it actually is.
1: Look at the power of collaboration, baby. Yeah, (laughs) the power of collaboration.
0: (laughs) But it was. Maybe I would have gotten that type of discipline in my workflow throughout the, the, the months or the years. But I know that what led me into it initially was that collapse specifically.
1: That's dope. But it still boggles my mind your your uh, workflow process with uh just like having the, the track outs and then mixing and then arranging. I never thought about doing it like
0: that. I think more people do it like that. 'Cause I, I So I I'm, guess I'm the weirdo then, huh? <laughs> No, I think your way, which was also the way I used to do it, might be the most common way, because um, it does make sense. Like, there's there's no real point. There might be, but there's no real point in mixing them all together if they're not all going to be together at any point of the track. But it's it's just <laughs> the way I do. It. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the the
1: it's only just, real it's just a new idea for me. I never thought about i haven't even thought about approaching it that
0: way the only thing it real changed to me i don't think it changed my my mixes per se but what it did change was the workflow of it like it felt more it felt more natural and more and quicker to wrap up the track because the thing is i don't create so i I use machine and studio one and i use machine to create the beat to program the drums come up with the melodies etc etc yeah yeah then I bounce out the track outs from Machine over to Studio One. And that's where I actually mix, arrange, and master the track. Yeah, yeah. And so when I transfer everything from Machine to Studio One, I always will start with all of the tracks in one place. And so to me, it's just easier to set everything on the right drum, on the right buses, set the 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 effects change that I need to to set, and just mix everything. And if it sounds great when it's all together... I know it'll sound great right throughout the beat, and that's when when I get to like the mastering phase of it. That's when I start going into the details of adjusting if needed.
1: So, like uh, when it comes to mixing, like what is your process there? Because for me, I usually start by leveling everything out first, getting my levels to where to where I want them. Then I'll do like a little bit of EQ, maybe some delay and reverb, and then pretty much that's it for me. I'm calling <laughs> it a day after that. For real, that's like, I keep it super duper simple. I think you probably do
0: more than that. I do a lot. I I don't think I do that much, but I do a lot more than what. You really only do EQ? Yeah,
1: literally. Don't you
0: even like sidechain the bass and kick? I don't
1: even sidechain that no more.
0: Damn, you're living on the edge.
1: (laughs) The only thing that I've recently started to incorporate is like uh, clippers for like my kick or a snare or something like that. Mhm. That's it. And other than that it's just leveling <laughs> EQ, reverb, and some delay. And maybe some distortion here and there depending on like a bass or whatever.
0: But that's during the mixing phase. Yeah. Okay. But let's say you're you're picking out a piano and etc. Mhm. I guess I guess my question might might be dumb because <laughs> I'm going about <laughs> it in, in a different way. When it comes to sound design, you don't manipulate the sounds in any way before getting into the mixing part of it.
1: Sometimes I do. Sometimes, like if I'm really trying to get creative with a certain type of sound, then I'll, you know, do some type of weird stuff to it. But for the most part, nah. Like I keep it mad simple, bro. Like I, I, I try, I try to pick the sounds I want off off the bat, so then I don't have to go
0: in and try to manip- manipulate it and fix it up. That makes me mad. <laughs> I mean, less is more. And if it works, it works because your your tracks sound clean every time. So definitely what you're doing works. But I'm doing a lot more than all that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but to me, it's not as, as much because I'm working with templates at this point. So I came down to like the effects chain that I know works for me and how I like it and all that. It's on a template. As soon as I start a project, just boot up the template, set everything up and it's good. But in terms of mixing, I will EQ tracks if need be. I do sidechain my kick and bass. Obviously, I'll add, I have like a bus for my delay and a bus for my, for my reverb, and I'll just send tracks there accordingly to how much I want them to. And I guess the only thing I really do more than you do is having a drum bus and an instrument bus where I glue them together. So the drums will have a compressor and maybe a, an RC-20 to make them sound a bit more warm, saturator, you know? Yeah. And then the instruments will also have a compressor and, and maybe some EQ. And that's pretty much it in terms of mixing. So I just want to make sure that the drums don't sound loose. So that's where I bring them together and the same for the instruments. And then I'll also sidechain my kick to the instrument bus and my snare as well sometimes. Sort of to give it a subtle more breathing room for the kick and snare. Depending on the type of beat. So if I want a beat to hit harder. That's where I'll I'll bring some extra room for the kick to, to breathe in. And yeah, but but it'll be more or less. Like for lo-fi, for example. It's very known that the kick will sort of create that sidechain effect. Yeah, And that's where obviously I make it less subtle. But I guess that's more of what I do. Mixing in comparison to you. Yeah,
1: I ain't, I'm not doing all that bus stuff. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I don't even use like reverb and delay sends. I just put reverb and delays on each of the channels.
0: Nothing wrong with that. The only reason I do the sends... That
1: side was like... No,
0: no, no. It wasn't that because I, I, I did it the <laughs> exact same way. And I'll do that if I want a different type of reverb on a specific track. So let's say I'm using a subtle... Open space reverb for for my send bus, mm-hmm. but I want the the reverb for for a specific like a rim shot to be super close quarters. Then I'll I'll actually add a specific reverb to to that track out. The only reason I started using delay and and reverb sends was because it 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 just saves up the the CPU usage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because instead of having ten reverbs, I just have the one. Right.
1: It makes sense, but I don't even I don't even do it though.
0: But you're living on the edge, and you're doing everything yeah. <laughs> in the same door. Like the 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 way I have it, I'll I'll have machine handle the instruments, and studio one handles the effects. So at least in that way, I can split the CPU usage. Yeah. So that's where I gain some breathing room. You're doing it all on the same F, on the same door, and you're still repeating the, all of the 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 effects. Yeah, the yeah,
1: but see, the reverbs and delays aren't like CPU intensive, so I could just do that for days without really causing too much of an issue. Yeah, I guess. Because I'm not using anything pretty much outside of stock. I mean, I do use like third-party uh, reverbs and stuff, but that's here and there. That's mm-hmm. more so like for a creative effect, but most of the time it's just stock stuff.
0: That's maybe where you, you'll you win because most of what I use is, is third-party plugins. And native instruments, third-party plugins are hella brutal on CPU. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. Don't I know. It'll mess your shit up. Very quick. But I feel like also the, the workflow when it comes to sends is a lot different in FL, right? It's a lot more less natural. At least I feel like I've, I've had this conversation before with someone who uses FL. You have to go through a whole loops and loops just to get sends to work, maybe I'm mistaken with something I
1: mean to me, to me, it's natural, so
0: <laughs>
1: I think it's fine, yeah, I don't think it's hard to set up. You just create a bus and you just route the tracks you want to it, and you have a little a knob where you can adjust the the amount like the dry and wet or whatever.
0: I don't know, I'm probably wrong yeah, you don't you don't know nothing about f l studio. <laughs> I started on FL Studio. That's what a lot of people... I talk a lot of smack about FL. I don't, my issue isn't really necessarily FL. I just think that FL is unnecessarily complex to use compar- <laughs> compared to all other DAWs. Yeah, I guess that's true in a way. I started on FL. I made beats on FL for six months, probably. I jumped to Ableton. I made Beats on Ableton for another six months to a year. And the transition wasn't seamless. They definitely have a lot of different workflows. But I felt a lot like it was easier on Ableton. And then I went to Studio One. And Studio One was basic. Like Using Studio One is just easy in comparison. And I remember at some point, I think it was Space Beats, challenged me to make a beat on FL. After I had used <laughs> FL, like, ages ago. Oh, boy. Bro, I used Studio One for the first time. I made a beat in the same day. It took me, like, half a day or something. I went back to make a beat on FL two years after I started on FL. And I, I couldn't find my ass on it. <laughs> I was lost. I, whatever I had learned on FL, I had completely forgotten. Because I didn't know what was going on.
1: Yeah, it definitely is different.
0: And and again, sure. I I made beats on FL, so it's not impossible to learn.
1: <laughs> However, nah, just the whole workflow does not operate like every other DAW.
0: No, and and it's okay if a DAW is different. I just feel like it's way too complex for what it needs to be. And maybe it's just because I never went into the nitty gritty of it. Maybe once you do get into the details of how it works and all that, it it's a lot more natural than I than I made it out to be. But from a starter perspective, it feels unnecessarily hard, considering all the other does and their workflows.
1: I don't know. I all, all I've used is FL Studio my entire life. So it's But
0: you've used different
1: thoughts. I have, but not like that. Well, that's fair. Like I tried to get into cakewalk. I still have it on my computer actually. I need to start using it again. Cakewalk is pretty good for a free doll.
0: I never got into that.
1: It's just that this is the thing of trying to move from that FL Studio workflow over to something different. It's just the way it works is completely different.
0: But why are you testing out other dolls? Just to learn them or? Yeah, just
1: to learn it and try to get out of the FL Studio habit so that if I learn another doll, I can take that and apply that knowledge to other things. So like if I wanted to use... Like Cakewalk has more like a a workflow akin to like a Studio One or something. So if I learn Cakewalk, then I can take the same principles and apply it to Studio One if I ever had a session with somebody or, you know, something like that.
0: So you don't get baffled if the... Right. So comes.
1: I wouldn't get thrown off like, oh, I have no idea how this works.
0: Yeah. I mean, Studio One, I think it's very similar to... I could be wrong, but for, at first sight, it feels similar to Pro Tools, uh, Logic, Maybe cakewalk, I don't recall how how the interface is for cakewalk. But it is definitely a good push to to understand other DOS just in case you get into a studio and you need to know them. If I got into a studio and and I had to know about FL, I would be screwed. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> they would doubt me as a producer, like and and the second. <laughs> marked as a poser. And again, no shade against FL. I talk a lot of smack, but I don't really hate FL. I just it's just that pet peeve of mine. But I started on FL and I and I went relentless to try and understand FL for years until I finally got it. Yeah. But yeah, nowadays I, I'm not going back. <laughs> nah, come on back to the dark side, baby. I'm good where I am. I'm on <laughs> I'm I'm on Studio One and Machine and that's all I need. But yeah, let's let's uh let's talk about mastering. What is your
1: process for that? Cause again, I'm super simple when it comes to that too. <laughs> all I do
0: is, is is a sound goodnight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hell no! Nah, get out of here! Hell no! Nah. Crazy. All I do is use Ozone, a brick wall limiter. Just turn that motherfucker up. I don't even do no EQ, no compression. I don't do no saturation. I don't do no
0: uh, tape plugins and all that. Okay, but what what are you using for Ozone though? Just their limiter. Because ozone, you're using ozone elements, I assume.
1: No, nah, I got the uh, Oh, full you got the the ozone. Yeah, I got ozone 9. Yeah. So mostly all I'm using is just the uh, the maximizer.
0: That's it. So you're not, in, you're using, because I know the good thing, and I don't use it as is, but the good thing about the elements is that it also has the EQ and it'll automatically figure shit out for you. Yeah. And I don't use the automatic function, but sometimes I will just to pinpoint what it feels like it might be wrong, just to compare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the only EQ I really use within my mastering. Because for mastering, again, I do more than you, and maybe <laughs> unnecessarily. But for mastering, I'll do um, I'll do a mid to side EQ, which basically just splits the low end channels and the mid to high channels. So I'll center the lows and I'll spread out the mids and highs. And that was a huge deal for me because. When I started doing that and comparing my old beats where I didn't use that, my older beats sounded super boxy. Like they weren't muffled or anything, but they felt, they, they didn't felt that stereo-wise. Yeah, like open sounding. Yeah. You know? So it definitely yeah. helped, helps me. I'll do some multi-band dynamics just to like assert a couple of things. And then, yeah, then I'll, I'll use a limiter. I'll either use Ozone's limiter or Tone Booster's limiter. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, you don't do too much then.
1: It's not like a whole crazy
0: process, but it's definitely more than what I do. But it also depends on the beat. If I want to go on a very old school st- sound beat, I might add uh It's not a saturator. I forget what the name is, but it basically mimics. Like I guess it might be a saturator in a way. An exciter. Nah, I I use that sometimes, but but not as much. It's from Waves. It's not vinyl, but it's it's something from. I forget the name of it. But basically, it just adds some actual, it acts as a, as a saturator for your beat and it and adds some warmth to the beat. And you can also add vinyl stretches and all that. So it really depends on the beat. Like I mentioned with mixing, if it's a lo fi, I'll add the side chain of the beat, of the kick to hit a lot harder. Your process does never change with the style of, you're going with.
1: No, not really. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs>
0: gonna quit this bitch
1: the only thing that might change is the amount of
0: uh (laughs) you're gonna piss me off even more the
1: amount of limiting that i put on it oh okay that that's the only thing that'll change
0: that that's another thing i remember we had this talk where i had the limiter already hitting a lot and you were like this this needs to be even louder (laughs) i was like bro what do i need if i if i boosted the limiter even more like the the feedback would would be insane <laughs> and it just led me to think like what are you doing with your limits <laughs> <laughs> i'm cranking it baby like, cranking it loud and proud yeah just threshold of minus 25 db <laughs> god damn that's how you get that maximum crunch have mine and minus 10 and sometimes i feel like that's way too much
1: I do have to ask, though, about your mixing, because I've noticed this when we've done collabs, is that your your mixes will be hella, hella, hella low. Like, I thought I mixed low, <laughs> but man, you'd be having instruments hitting at negative 18. I'm like, what? What? How do you hear this? What?
0: <laughs> okay, so this was a phase, though. <laughs> this was a phase. Okay. I stopped doing that. Okay, I've listened to your concerns, <laughs> and I stopped. No, but there was, I remember sawing something about mixing lower rather than louder and lower, louder. So instead of the minus seven to minus ten, like go even lower than that. Yeah. And so I wanted to try that out. I think the reasoning behind it was that it would give you even more room for the master and you could make it. I don't recall exactly what it was. Ultimately, it didn't make that much of a change. It, It only meant that my stems were super low in comparison. Yeah. But I wanted to try it out and see if it actually affected the the final pr- product, and I don't think it really did. So I just stopped doing that after a while, and now I'm just doing the usual minus seven to minus ten dB. I
1: don't I don't think mixing low actually changes that much. The only thing, the reason I like mixing low when uh, when I do it is just for that extra headroom. So like if I have a kick and a snare hitting at the same time, you know it won't peak, it won't clip or nothing. Or if I have a lot going on, I have a, tons of headroom to work with. But good thing you stopped doing that
0: because it was annoying. That no, was stupid. <laughs> it was just stupid. I don't know what led me to do that, but yeah, it was... Again, I don't know what the fuck I... <laughs> I had to hit normalize on everything. <laughs> but it really depends on also the amount of tracks that you got. Because I'll be working with 10 to 15 tracks. Yeah. Between ten and fifteen is probably the usual with drums and all. But when I get to a collab and it, and the collab gets crazy and all of a sudden there's almost forty track outs, I start sweating. <laughs> sweating bullets. Yeah, when it comes to mixing it all, do you have it hard when it's a lot of track outs? Uh not necessarily
1: because in my own beats I have quite a lot of tracks. So I'm kinda used to it. Like for me, typically on my beats, I'm gonna have like at least twenty plus tracks easily because i don't I don't group stuff. I know a lot of people group stuff together, so instead of like if they have three separate snares, they'll bust three snares to one track, and that'll be the snare for me I separate I keep everything separate so if I have three snares, it's gonna be three separate tracks, so that can easily add up to a lot of tracks, so that's fair. The only thing about having more tracks for me is just that it takes a little bit longer to mix everything.
0: The only situations where I actually get the, if I have three snares, it's if I I just decide to design them together. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just mix them together. But otherwise, I'm I'm the exact same. If I'm working with three different snares, I'm probably going to mix them separately.
1: Yeah, I feel like you have more control that way too. Yeah,
0: because sometimes you're using more than one snare because of the different sounds that they they each bring. One has a bit more of that mid-low range. Whereas the others have another crispiness and the higher frequencies, and that's what you want to preserve. Well, having them all together might might fuck it up. <laughs> I would probably fuck yeah, it sure. up. I fuck it up even if they're not together. So I don't. I don't know. You know what's not fucked up though? Our sponsorship, baby. Hell yeah. Our BeatStar sponsor. BeatStars.com. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. BeatStars.com sponsoring us yet again. I don't know till when, because I don't know (laughs) how far along we're going to go. BeatStars is sponsoring us once again. Thank you very much, BeatStars. If you don't know what BeatStars is, they're a digital music marketplace where you can buy, sell beats, sound kits, uh, services, hooks, if you're a musician, for example. Uh, You can even get creative and sell design work if you're not just a producer. So, it's very open to, to sell whatever it is as a creative. BeatStars basically gives you the opportunity to get your music out for other artists and producers and make a living off of it. So, great examples of this would be big song placements that you've heard before, like Lil Nas's Old Town Road, CJ's Whoopty, and Soldier Boy's She Make It Clap, which went viral on TikTok recently. And yeah there's placements like these every single week going on. Uh you can check out Beatstars Publishing on Instagram as well to to stay on top of those types of releases if you want to get inspired. Maybe one day our boy The Rail will be on there as well. So yeah, make sure you check out Beatstars if you want to get your music out. And as a gift, you can get the first 30 days free off of your subscription. So make sure you go to BeatStars.com slash sell-beats and use the coupon code CHECKPOINT in order to get your first 30 days free off of your BeatStars uh, subscription. Yeah, bro. BeatStars.com. BeatStars.com. They do have publishing too. Yes, they do. And we know how much publishing is a pain in the... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I've personally been with BeatStars Publishing. It definitely helped me from getting out of that craziness of where to sign to track all my tracks and all that. Yeah, But it is dope that BeatStars offers not only their main platform with music selling and all of that, but they also offer publishing, which they, they have a collaboration with Sony Music Publishing, which is really dope, so there's an even bigger stamp of approval there. They also offer biz- distribution, so you don't even need to... Basically, you can have everything on BeatStars, so you don't even have to go crazy of like, oh, I'm gonna sell my beats on BeatStars and get have to distribute my music elsewhere, and get my publishing in an even weirder place. You can just have it all there. It's really <laughs> dope. Nah, it really
1: is dope. BeatStars has been they they do so much to to help out. They have they have so much dope features like having a publishing,
0: bro. Who else does that? And they didn't, they didn't just decide to do publishing. They went all, all the way around of getting, of getting it in, in collaboration with Sony Music Publishing. Right, right. So whatever, Whenever they try to do something or they do something, they do it big. And it's, it's crazy how the more, they, the more the years go by, the more they add into it, the more self-sufficient it becomes. You just have everything in one place. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what they're going to have next. And I know you know about it
1: shit uh-huh I don't you know, know everything anything. i don't you know you be keeping anything. secrets
0: bro i don't know anything <laughs> but there is some a lot of dope stuff coming in so stay tuned if you want to <laughs> our listeners if you want to stay on top of anything beat stars and and be one of the first users to use whatever new features might be coming go check out beat stars it's going to be worth it yeah definitely hopefully we can We can see something soon enough or share something soon enough. Possibly a lot of those things might have already come out by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) Who knows?
1: Yeah, most likely.
0: It would be cool. What, What are some features on BeatStars that you like the most and that you feel like there still aren't there that you would love to see there?
1: Hmm. That's a good question, man. I know. Honestly, I ha- I would really have to think about that. I'm a good
0: interviewer. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to replace man, it's Jimmy to Fallon. This supposed to be
1: a podcast, <laughs> not not an interview cast. <laughs> I mean, it is sort of an I don't know. <laughs> uh, one of the things I definitely say I like off that is is the pro page. That's awesome. Like that, man. To have your own website, dope. Yep. The other thing which I like which I haven't used yet but it would be cool to eventually use it is the whole merch uh, aspect that yeah, you can the do the printful integration. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fire. To be able to sell your own merch
0: at no cost really. I mean obviously Printful, which is the platform that that's integrated with BeatStars takes a big percentage of it. Not a big percentage, but it takes a percentage of it, but still you don't have any cost. But costs. still the
1: fact that you can do your merch through you know, a, a beat selling site. No, 100%. Like that's, that's a whole different, you know, level of things. Yeah, all you need so is just yeah, to actually
0: set up and have and the designs and you're good to go.
1: Yeah, that's fire. But yeah, those are probably like the two things I really like the most. I mean, but there's, I like everything about Stars, but those are the things that really stick out to me that I can think of right now.
0: They added collab playlists uh, a couple of weeks, oh, a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. But it's dope because basically you can have playlists together with other producers. So let's say instead of me adding my beats and your beats into my playlist, you can also be a moderator, a moderator to it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's pretty far.
1: I still, I still have to get used to the whole playlist thing. Like that's something I'm slacking on for real. Even on YouTube, like I just because it's just the 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 part of getting all the beats together and putting them in a playlist. Like it's just that. Time it takes, you got to set aside that time to do it.
0: And the and the longer you wait, the worse it'll get because the more oh, beats. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Especially with somebody like me who's posting, you know, pretty much every day. So yeah, I gotta get I gotta get on it though. Get through Cause it because that's that's super useful. Because no, if an is. artist likes a certain style of your beats, then you put it all in that playlist. They have a whole playlist to go through. Yeah, they don't have to just like feel like they're just randomly going through stuff to find something they like.
0: And you can filter by, by whatever you can do. Type beats, instrument-related, so guitar beats and genre yeah. beats. So that's cool. Definitely is worth checking into, into playlists. And, and BeatStars themselves have playlists, official playlists that you can try to get into. And if you can get into them, it's really dope because it, it does give you a good boost in plays, even follows and such. Yeah, Thankfully, I have been blessed. Thank you, BeatStars, for adding me to some playlists. <laughs> yeah the playlister is 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 amazing you have been having some dope beats on there we've had we've had a couple of there was this collab of ours that got into a playlist i think it was a Nicki Minaj playlist and that beat blew off because of it yeah and the beat is dope i'm not i'm not shitting on the beat or anything but i I was kind (laughs) of surprised that that beat did so well especially that being in a Nicki Minaj playlist yeah so it was a cool surprise yeah, I think we might have had a couple
1: collabs on playlists before, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we've
0: had a few. you have had a few, but it was that specific one that the kind yeah, of yeah. like I wasn't expecting out of all of the collabs that we had. I never expected that to be the the one to to sort of blow up, so to say. But it is cool. It is cool, and it's a cool notification to just get on and play. Beat Stars added your beats to your playlist. Like that's cool. That stamp of approval, you know? Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> But in terms of features that you feel like would be missing, did you ever come across anything?
1: Now, see, that's something I would really have to sit down and think about. I I I really don't know right now. That's fair. But I'm sure I could think of something. I mean, what about you? Is there something you think that, well, then again, you're on the inside, so.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I should say anything because even if it's a suggestion of mine, I don't want to open up the room of it being like a hint that it might happen. Yeah. No, there's definitely a few things I feel like we can still, there's always, when it comes to creativity and people coming together, especially the, the producer communities as it is, there's still so much you can always add to improve the, the platform, you know. It really comes down to what most people want. You know what? I just thought about it.
1: All right. What? There needs to be a fitness section on the. <laughs> All right, you're laughing, but I'm dead serious. No, I'm not. <laughs> there needs to be there needs to be some type of fitness integration, okay, when it comes to B stars because that's something that's very overlooked is our health and well being. Even though I know B stars does tackle like mental health and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, mental mental health awareness for sure, but like the physical aspect of eating proper, working out, taking care of your body. I think it would be dope if it was some type of fitness integration in there. I don't know how that would work or what it would be necessarily, but I think that would be kind of cool. Even if it's like some type of uh, challenges they did or some type of uh, little easy fitness program, or maybe if you uh, achieved a certain challenge, you unlock a certain amount of credits, like walk for 10 minutes a day, you get maybe like a couple credits or something like that.
0: Bro, that's actually a really good idea though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I I left initially only because <laughs> it's you. It sounds, yeah, it, sa- it sounds kind of ludicrous. No, you could have you could have said the most obviously great thing and I would still laugh in your face. <laughs> only because it's you. No, but that that is actually a, a great that is actually a great a great idea because like we we talked about a previous episode, mental health and even physical wealth uh, health is something that we producers tend to overlook a lot since we have such such a closed in environment when we do what we do. So having that type of incentive would make a lot of sense. Getting credits back for yeah,
1: getting getting something that'll incentivize people to move or, or do something. Yeah. It doesn't have to be nothing crazy like doing ten thousand <laughs> push ups or nothing, but just little simple things go a long way.
0: <laughs> doing a thousand push ups in a day. Nothing crazy like that?
1: Yeah. You know what it feels like.
0: Well, you no, you don't, cause you. Fuck uh, you! <laughs> you dropped out. <laughs> Fuck you! Nah, nah, that ain't fair at all. Like a few months ago, I was still going strong with working out. I didn't. It was before I stopped. And the decided to to suggest, yo, let's do a workout together via fucking Zoom, <laughs> cause he's in you in the U.S. and I'm in Portugal. <laughs> And he decides to 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 say, yo, let's do a workout together. And I'm in. Uh, cool. Like, why not? Let's do a thousand push-ups. Now, in my mind, I feel like a thousand push-ups is obviously a lot. But I'm not thinking a thousand push-ups is going to take that long. It's going to be tough and all, but it's not going to take that long. After an hour, <laughs> we were barely hitting 200. And I was already <laughs> tired. Like, I was exhausted already. Because, again does calisthenics every single day. I was always more on the on the weightlifting end of things. And calisthenics will rip you apart. I had to jump out because I, I, I can't. First of all, it was, it was already an hour afterwards and not even, or 200. I think I, I tapped out at 250. I tapped out. I said, I'm going a, I'm to a go take a bath and, and take a shower and, and eat and do my things. Three or four hours later, I hit up the rail, and he's still going at the push-ups. Four hours later. So, so this means he's been five hours into doing push-ups, and he wasn't still done. I think that when I hit you up, you were like 800 and something.
1: Yeah, I was going at it for a good
0: minute. So you took essentially six to seven hours of your day to do push-ups. <laughs> and you were about to drag me into that. And I was stupid enough to not think it would take that long. But you were dragging me into that. Six to seven hours in a day to do push-ups.
1: It wasn't that long. You're, you're Fuck you, it was that
0: long. I'm not exaggerating. No. You might have taken breaks no. in between. I don't know anything about that. But it was that long. That's almost a fucking work day. Eh. Hey, you got to put in the work. <laughs> Bro, No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not putting it the word, That's just yes. that's just <laughs> point is I hate you. Yeah. I, I really don't know how I feel about working out with you ever again. And I'm I'm saying with, like very <laughs> <laughs> open to the definition because it it is via Zoom, so whatever it is.
1: You know, anytime we do something like working out wise is gonna be intense. Pause.
0: Um <laughs> I mean it's no it's I said working out. It's cool. It's cool that it's intense, but six hours of push-ups, fuck you.
1: Yeah, I am not gonna do that with you.
0: You're not gonna do that again. Did you do, did you do that again?
1: No, I haven't in a in a long time. I wonder why. Just because that's not something you do that often. That's more just like a challenge, just to push yourself.
0: Yeah. Take a vacation day to do that
1: challenge. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need the time of the day. Yo, but let's wrap up the the podcast because this took a weird turn and i feel like we might have enough time you already know uh you can find us on social media collab jam on instagram facebook twitter etc you can also find me and the rail everywhere i'm not gonna bother with our socials because mine are great and his are yeah 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 but you can find us both on social media so feel free to look us up we have done podcasts with one hour. We have done podcasts with 30 minutes. Let us know. Obviously, it depends on the subject, but let us know what you prefer, if you like the longer ones or the short ones. Yeah, and we might completely disregard that feedback or take it into account. We'll see. Sure. <laughs> no, but do give us feedback on on the episodes if if you haven't already. Hit us up on the DMs or the email. And yeah. Yeah. That's 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 all I got. You got anything you want to share? Close Nope, close not at thoughts? all. Not at all. It's been your boy The <laughs> Rail Banks. And the plan beats. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that curveball. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. And we'll catch you next week.
1: Peace everybody. Peace out.